Father, you set this church in place a long time ago. And Lord Jesus, I'd say you've been a, been a pretty good overseer. You've, uh, you've done a pretty good job. And we don't want that to change, and we will not let that change. You are the head of the body, the head of the church. And we submit ourselves to you, even in this moment. But Father, sometimes leadership at the local level changes. And we're asking that you would lead us, guide us, give us wisdom, bless the decision. And Father, we look forward to the blessings in all the years to come. And if you decide to send your son back, you can cut that short anytime. But we'll continue. By your grace, we will continue with every fiber of our being to serve you with love and commitment, diligence, always giving you the glory for the good things that happen. In Jesus' name, the people of God agreed with, amen, amen. I, I think uh, one of the things the elders has talked about, and, and uh, uh, you know, well, what do we call you? Uh, I don't know. I've been called a lot of things. We won't go there. Uh, but uh, uh, emeritus or uh, uh, his esteemed holiness or I don't know. <laughs> Just can't leave it alone, can I, Brian? <laughs> You better start preaching. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you living full of hope or just hopeful living? Now, folks, there's, there's a lot in that question because there is a huge difference between being hope-filled and hopeful. Huge difference. The first Sunday of Advent, the waiting is over. He has arrived. The king is here. The incarnation, that great and miraculous event that we as human beings with finite minds cannot really ever fully grasp. But we know this, God took on flesh and bone. Incarnation. John records it this way from the first chapter of his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the one Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Deity, deity takes on human form, flesh and bone, fully God, fully man. The hope promise in Genesis, the promised in Genesis 3 has been fulfilled. Today we celebrate hope, not wishful thinking or maintaining a positive mental attitude, we are going to look at biblical hope and how that differs from the fragile and fleeing hope that the world offers. Would you please stand as we read from the Word of God? 
We're going to read two short passages and then not so much talk specifically of the content of the passage, but what those passages mean to us through the gift of hope. The first, Brian already shared, I believe, from Isaiah 7 and 14. Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name, which means, Brian, you did good. Does that, talk about blowing your minds, you know, talking about the kids. Does that just blow your mind? God, the one true living God, the only true living God, is with us. He came down from heaven and set his feet on this earth. Wow. Matthew chapter 1. We have read Isaiah's promise, his prophecy. Now in Matthew 1, we're going to back up just one verse, I think, that, uh, that we didn't have on the screen. Just allow me to read it. Verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Father, thank you again for your word inspiring, inerrant. Father, thank you that it carries with it the message of life and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. The incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, the mystery and the magnificence of this profound truth, profound and necessary for our hope. Without the incarnation, just consider this, without the incarnation, there could be no suitable sacrifice for sins. There could be none. There would be none. Without the perfect sacrifice, there could have been no atonement because the blood of man, the blood of goats, I should say, and bulls and sheep never could measure up to what God required in the atonement. No satisfaction of God's holy demands. Without Christ, there could be no cross. The prophet Isaiah would see the cradle. In Isaiah 7, 14, Isaiah 9, 6, we're going to call that hope announced. Isaiah would see the cross. In Isaiah 53, we call that hope secured. He would see the kingdom Hope eternal, Isaiah 9 and verse 7. He would see the king in Isaiah 6. He would see the king of glory, and he would see the glory of the king. Isaiah would see the miraculous birth, King Jesus holding the universe together from a manger. He would be given the titles, names assigned to this child, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. And now let's wait 700 years. You see? All that information pure and right and true, 
came through the prophet Isaiah, but it would be 700 years before God came to us. And all this simply means God has arrived and he has given his people hope. Amen. You know, I find it interesting, uh, just kind of a side note, in Numbers 24, 17, there was a prophet named Balaam. Anybody ever heard of Balaam? Well, guess what? He was a pagan. He was a pagan. But God even used a pagan prophet to prophesy as to the coming of the Messiah. Biblical hope, what is it? What does it look like? Preaching point number one, very simple. Biblical hope is instantly effective. Now, the words I've chosen are pretty basic, but it comes through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, very important. The moment one is born again, converted or regenerated, hope is sealed in that person, and I fear that this is not fully understood. Listen, the lost and the saved alike are all going to live forever somewhere. Eternal life applies to the lost. Well, eternal life doesn't, but eternal existence. I'll use that word. Eternal existence applies both to the lost and the saved. Eternal life only applies to the saved, but both are going to live forever. But at the moment of salvation, at the moment of conversion brought by the Holy Spirit, the believer is given hope. Hope. We don't have to wait on it. The advent is over. He has arrived not only to the world but in us. They hope. I, I have heard this said so many times and I, just, I don't know whether to cry or scream. If you ask someone, well, are, are, you, are you secure in your salvation? Do you, do, do you believe that you're going to go to heaven at the moment you die? Well, I hope so. That's not biblical hope, folks. That's wishful thinking. That's wishful thinking. That's the difference between hope-filled, hope-filled, and hopeful. Well, I'm hopeful. No, that's just a wish. They hope God will allow them in when their time comes. That's not hope. And to say with boldness and assurance that I know, that I know, that I know at the moment of death when these eyes are closed on this side of eternity, I'm going to be wide-eyed open on the other side with my mouth hung open looking at the glory of God. That's not arrogance. That's not self-righteousness. That's biblical hope on the finished work of Jesus Christ and Christ alone. He has assured our salvation. And if he cannot assure our salvation, then he never got us saved in the first place. If it isn't eternal, it's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is instantly effective. Hope deferred is not biblical hope. Listen to Proverbs 13, 12. I found this interesting in this short little passage. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Even Solomon had some insight into not understanding biblical hope. 
Let us hear the word of God. Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but listen, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Listen, if we don't have hope, we don't have the Holy Spirit. That's bottom line. So, so we need to understand what biblical hope is. It is not just an optimistic outlook. Biblical hope is not a wait and see. It's now in Christ Jesus. Now. Biblical hope, if I may summarize it this way, for those in the financial realm may understand, you never put all your eggs in one basket, right? Well, in this case, you do. When it comes to salvation, you put all your eggs in one basket. They're okay. They're secure. That's biblical hope. Secondly, Biblical hope is infinitely enduring, instantly effective, infinitely enduring. Biblical hope is not swayed by our circumstances. Salvation not only changes our outcome, it transforms our outlook. It is enduring. Glory bound is glory now. This is a huge problem for those who live in deferred hope. They miss the victorious Christian life. When you get saved, all of your problems will not disappear. Who can say amen to that? When you get saved, sickness, sorrow, suffering, cancer, disease, COVID will not go away. But hope will reign over and through all of that. Hope will carry us through the sorrow and the suffering. Even death itself cannot hold us because hope is alive. Hope walked out of the tomb with Jesus Christ on resurrection day. That's hope. That's hope. Emmanuel has arrived and conquered sin, death, and the grave, the crucifixion, the burial, the risen, the ascended Lord, and gives us the Holy Spirit. He will not only get us through, he will carry us home. It is often in our darkest hour. It is often in that, that most difficult moment that, that, that we, we, we just, there's something, there's someone, the Holy Spirit, who just draws us deep inside to our spiritual life, and it says, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I, I read this somewhere. I, I, I don't have the author. I kind of paraphrased it anyway. So whoever out there, if this belongs to you, praise the Lord, we'll use it for Christ's glory. You cannot see the brilliance and beauty of the stars until darkness falls. And Jesus will come to you and assure you, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. You know, I, I've even heard stories, accounts of, and, and true, no, no mockery here or anything like that, but, but, but people who were born and raised in, in, a, in a silly city, a <laughs> silly, a uh, Freudian slip, city dwelling. <laughs> 
where there is constant lights have never really seen the night sky. They could grow up into adulthood and never seen the Milky Way in all of its glory and brilliance. You cannot see the brilliance and light of the stars until darkness falls. That's hope. It's always there. It's always there. It's enduring. Biblical hope is instantly effective, infinitely enduring. And number three, biblical hope is immediately eternal. Eternal. When you are born again by faith in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life now. Again, this is a kind of a little bit of a misunderstanding that we talked earlier about the saved and the lost and we're all going to live forever, but only the believer will have eternal life. But listen, eternal life isn't something we wait for till we die. We're living it right now. We're living it right now. The gift is like the gift of hope. We have hope instantaneously. We have eternal life immediately, and we're living like a conquered people. We are a conquered people right now. Folks, we have already in Christ, in Christ, we have already conquered sin, death, and the grave. Death cannot hold us, couldn't hold him. Death reigned until Christ defeated it. We who are in Christ have also defeated death. Born twice, what is it? Die once. Born once, die twice. Are you born again? That's your second birth. That's your second birth. Are you born again? Do you have biblical hope? You see, eternal life is, is, is transferred at the moment of salvation, when we are delivered from the penalty of sin and death, Christ paid the full price. We got to get this. We got we to pause right now. We got to get this. Christ did not put a down payment on our forgiveness. Well, I'll forgive you, but I'm going to have to wait and see if I'll forgive you forever. <laughs> Or I'll forgive you for that, but you may have to work on this just a little bit. That's not biblical hope. That's not, you know, what happens is, is sometimes we come to the point where we understand we're sinners. We understand pretty much the concept of being a sinner, but we're not quite sure about salvation. Now, since I am a sinner less than perfect, there must be a few things I have to do to get this right, Okay. Now, listen to me, I'm being sarcastic, please. But there must be a few things. In other words, I must, I got to work on this part of my life and this part of my life and this part of my life because I'm a sinner. The hardest thing for some people to do is accept the fact that there's nothing you can do. Nothing. Everybody say that. Nothing. We are hopeless and helpless. Nothing we can do will improve our position as sinners before a holy and righteous God. You got to fall on your face and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. That's it. Some people have trouble admitting that. 
Oh, it's got to be a few things. I can, I can throw a little bit in the pot, right? I can add this a little bit. No. No. Filthy rags. Filthy rags. That's all we contribute. Remember the great statement, I, uh, statesman, uh, preacher, theologian, Spurgeon, said the only thing that we contribute to our salvation is the sin that made it necessary. That's all we bring. God supplies everything that's needed to correct that condition and give us standing before himself. Biblical hope is immediately eternal. Everyone is going to live forever in one of two realms. If you're living without hope now, you are headed for a hopeless eternity. But it's still going to last forever. And no amount of wishful thinking can change your destiny. But Emmanuel can. He has arrived. I love the Galatians passage at just the right time. At just the right time. Have you had that moment? Have you had that just the right time? Have you come to that point in your life where, where you realize that the hope you're clinging to is, is manufactured through your own skills and abilities? Ain't going to last through eternity, folks. Won't be worth a thing after death. Oh, but you don't understand, preacher. He's a good old boy. Yeah, hell's full of good old boys. Hell's full of good old boys. I heard a, a little comparison one time. It said a couple of ways in which heaven and hell are alike. You ever thought of this? Both have good old boys in them. Both have the most vile of sinners in them. The only difference is the one that has Jesus. They're in glory. They're in glory. Measuring no merit of their own. So our invitation this morning is very simple. I want to read a passage from Ephesians chapter 1. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, Paul offers this prayer, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. You understand what Paul's saying? He is calling you to a life of hope. He's calling us to a life of hope. Do not despair this morning, my friends. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Christ. I don't know what your struggles are. I don't know what your battles are. I don't know what sickness you may have or what trial you're going through, but Jesus Christ has conquered it. Now, he may not bring healing in the physical life in the here and now, but I'll guarantee you, you're going to be 100% perfect on the other side. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in the right hand, at his right hand in heavenly places. And Romans 15, verses 12 and 13. Paul actually goes back and refers to a prophecy. Uh, again, of Isaiah. Again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. Hope. 
And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I don't think anybody could say it any better than God just did. Hope now, hope for tomorrow, hope for all eternity. Why? Because hope is Jesus. Hope is the fact that we are sinners and the only way for us to be saved is by the grace of God. And God didn't give us a plan where we somehow work our way up one rung at a time, one climbing the ladder, getting a little bit closer to God, doing a little bit more good works, doing a little bit more giving. Well, preacher, you'd have no idea the size of that check I put in last week. Well, praise God. But if you're trying to buy your salvation, keep your filthy money. Won't work. Now, I'll need to preach a whole sermon on giving after that remark. <laughs> Folks, we don't give to earn. We give because we love. We give because we love. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, 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 God so loved us that that's what the incarnation, that's what Emmanuel is all about because there is no way we could get up to him. So what did he do? He came down to us. There ain't a religion in the world that worships a God like that. Not one. They're all working their way up and they're missing the one who reached down. Are you saved this morning? Boy, it's a simple question, but it carries with that life and death. Are you saved? Are you hope-filled or dishopeful? Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for this assembly this morning, for all that's been accomplished through the celebration of baptism and new life, to our time of worship and offering and communion, sharing life with one another through a time of greeting, listening and watching these beautiful children teach us lessons about spiritual truths. So, Father, during this time, we pray that you would be glorified. And if there be one here this morning that is lost, one here this morning, one, just one, that is without hope, I pray they don't miss another Christmas. Because without the hope of Christmas, there is no hope in Christmas. It's just another day. You don't have to go to work. Save that soul today, Father, we pray in Jesus' name.